That's gonna be my intro until I uh until I find someone that can do the do the intro for me. I like the um obviously I like the um the round of applause because you know I gotta give myself a round of applause, you know what I'm saying? And but um but you know I, I feel like I just need a beat, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Give me a funky beat and let me ride on it, you know what I'm saying? I write some bars to it. But anyway, that's besides the point I'm trying to make. Um, welcome to episode, I don't even know, welcome to another episode of Sophisticated Ignorance. I'm your host, the voice of Washington, Diaz York, your boy Slim. I'm back in the Billy. I didn't really go nowhere, you know what I'm saying? I was having some technical difficulties, so I couldn't upload last week, but I'm back. But I'm back again. And, like how I always open up the show, what? Let's get a round of applause going. Hey, turn me up, man. Turn me up. I'm back. Let's get right into it. So, a lot of sports, man. It was, yesterday was Sunday. We had some amazing games. Um, I was kind of mad at the NFL. I'm not even going to hold you. Fox, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it, Fox. Um, we need to talk about it, for real. You put the Niners and the Jets... You put that game on? Nobody wanted to see that garbage. I now I didn't want to see that game because it's the Niners and the Jets, and they won. It was like 30, 30 was thirty one thirteen or something like that. I didn't want to see that game. I don't think anybody wanted to see that game. And um, I wanted to see the Rams versus the Eagles. I thought they were going to put that one on TV for the ten o'clock game on Fox, but they didn't. Or anywhere they had the game on. I don't. I don't know people have Fox or whatever, but. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were gonna have it. Like that was the game that they were gonna have, but they didn't. Um, I'm not really watching. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not really watching college football. Like, it's weird, man. Like basketball can do the bubble. It's hard to do the bubble for a hundred. I think it's 126 or 127 Division One teams. It's hard to do a bubble because the NBA only has 30 teams. You know, so that they have college has 100 more teams than the NBA does. You know, so it's kind of hard to do the bubble, but. Um, no one's really getting tested positive, and if you're tested positive, you're on IR for about three weeks or however long you need to be on IR for, which is smart, and I'm and I'm glad they changed the rules. I know I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit, but this is just the sports segment of the show. But um, I'm kind of I'm happy that they had the IR, because it used to be, and I would get so mad on Madden, dude, when when somebody would like tear their uh, ACL or tear their Achilles or whatever the case may be to be there placed on IR but you couldn't take them off IR to the end of the season or to the playoffs or just for the regular season you couldn't you could or just for the whole year you couldn't play you couldn't take them off IR or if you did take them off IR at IR that was just the one person you took off IR and you couldn't take nobody else off IR but you should be able to fluctuate back and forth between IR like the ML like, um, baseball has like hurt like if you're hurt, you could be put on injured the injured list. Like you're you're hurt for ten days or you're whatever the case may be. I feel like the NFL and they reevaluate you after those ten days or two weeks or however long they put you on that list for. And I feel like the NFL should have something a similar setup to that. I know the NBA has something similar to that, but their list is just if you're active or not. So I don't know if it's the same. Like because anybody could be day to day or active or whatever the case may be, but. The NFL now, so the new rule is it's three weeks. So you have three weeks to put somebody on IR, and then you can take them off. 
Um, when I was watching that Niners game, a lot of people were got hurt. Debo or were hurt. Debo Sam Debo Samuels was hurt, and he was on IR for three weeks, dealing with some type of foot issue. Or and then Richard Sherman had a shoulder issue, or I think it was or maybe it's flipped. I'm not sure, but there um, there were some solid games. Uh, the NFL is good, man. And I'm not, you know, I was one of those people that were like, I'm gonna boycott it, but man, it's a you get into a habit of watching football, and it's just crazy. It's really crazy. It's really good. Uh, I'm pretty sure the view, they're losing money, but I'm pretty sure they're collecting data off the money. I mean, data off, they're, they're collecting money off the data. So they're probably making, they're, they're not going to make as much as they could at the gate, but they're making, they're making, they're making some pretty good money at the end, you know, for the NFL. But um, yeah, there was a lot of injuries, dude. Saquon Barkley towards ACL. I was watching the game uh, last night, Bruce Irvin. Towards ACL, uh, I'm a Rams fan. Uh, Cam Akers, he hurt his ribs. Tyrod Taylor didn't play the play the play the play the night uh, the Chiefs versus the Chargers game. Like a lot of guys were getting banged up, man. Not even banged up. Like Christian McCaffrey's hurt. A lot of guys are getting hurt. Like not like banged up. Like everybody has nicks and stuff like that. But I mean like season-ending injuries. Like I'm not playing no more. And I seen the one thing on Twitter where Saquon Barkley took off everything. He took off um all of his uh, pictures and just left the picture of Kobe Bryant. So I'm pretty sure he knew it was over. And you could tell, like when I first, you could tell when you're hurt, like from just like an injury like that. Like I messed up my knee. I had knee surgery. I tore my meniscus, and I thought it was my LCL. That's your lateral. Um, you see, you're looking on your left side of your knee, or just on your side of your knee. It just helps you with your pretty much the base of your knee. It's not the same as an ACL because ACL is like, you know, the core. But like as far as like your movements and your stopping on a dime, that type of stuff, that helps. But meniscus was the same, close to it. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I talked about this on the pod before. But, um, you know, they said if I would have kept playing on it, I would have tore my uh, my ACL. So, thank God I didn't. But and I, but when I first got back to the, the point I was trying to make was you can tell when something's wrong. Like, when those guys tore their ACLs and stuff like that, you can tell. You tell. You can tell. You're like, ah, man, I know I, know, I, know I did something wrong to my knee. Like a sprained ankle or a sprained wrist or a sprained finger, you can tell. You're like, oh, I doesn't hurt that bad. I can still move it. But your knee, like something that, that major, you know, a ligament or some tissue damage, in my case, it's pretty It's pretty bad. And they, and they typically say when you tear your ACL, you tear your meniscus. Those are two, like, those are like the two... Um, hand-to-hand injuries that, you know, once you tear one thing, you probably tear the tore the other thing. And, um, yeah, it sucks, man. You know, you don't want to see guys hurt. And these guys were Christian McCaffrey. I think, as I said, Christian McCaffrey was hurt. I'm not sure what he tore or if he tore anything. And another Anthony Barr, I think, tore his bicep or something. Somebody did something like that. I don't really check NFL news like that. It's all over Twitter. Everybody's got hurt. That's all I know. And, um, yeah. Prayers to those guys and the players that got hurt, that were banged up. It sucks, man, but it's I think it's from the due to the lack of conditioning and not having preseason games and also knowing that you're superhuman, quote unquote, but you're still susceptible to injury. Like as much as you can you can train and bust your butt as hard as you wanted want to, but there still comes a point in time where you have to take a break. And even then, like, you have to get in game shape. Like, no one played preseason games. And when I was, from what I was watching from 
hard knocks, they weren't really hitting each other like that. Like they were scrimmaging stuff, but it didn't seem it was full speed, but it didn't really seem like it was full speed. It seemed like a it was full speed in the sense of like everybody was just kinda trying to get their conditioning back in like it wasn't like full speed like you know, we're doing everything we're doing everything hundred miles per hour, but we're not the purpose of it is for us to get back in shape if that makes sense. Like I know when I used to play, when I used to hoop, sometimes when when you take a like a long day off, or a long day off, long day, long day off, but um, a few months off. So let's say you played AAU and you had you turned around. There was a there was a time where you didn't play sports. That was the time going back to school, but there'd be open gym and stuff like that. Most guys we would use open gym to just get back in shape. Because as soon as a as soon as AAU is over, no one's playing, no one's hooping because you've been hooping since fall, the fall time, right? So, but there's that, but then there's that time where you're just like, okay, I'm going to use this time to get back in shape. Well, that's what I used it for. I didn't really, like, practice was, the, you know, for your moves and polishing your game and stuff like that. And you're playing AAU, you're really, you're pretty much polished. Like, we're well-rounded. Like, you've been playing for a minute, but you can still be out of shape. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what open gym and stuff like that's for. But our, their, our open gym was a scrimmage. And even we would have jamborees and stuff like that, but... Or scrimmage games or whatever, preseason games. Out of conference games, you know, you use that time depending on how, how good the opponent is. Either you can get blown out or you can blow them out, but you still want to work on stuff. But these guys didn't have that opportunity. The NFL people, players in the NFL didn't have the opportunity to have a preseason. So it hurts. Even even um, college kids, I think there's going to be a lot of people that get injured as well in college because college basketball and college football. Because no, then no one had the time to have a preseason game or to have whatever the case may be. They didn't have enough time to get to, to get in game shape because those guys still take reps. Even though they might set out the first few games and they might set out a few quarters, they're still getting reps in and they're still practicing and they're still going hard, you know. And for guys like Saquon to get injured, you, you know, he's really, he seems like he's a durable guy. He seems like he takes care of his body and he works out. It's a conditioning thing. I think it's more of a conditioning thing than anything. So it's a little, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a little sloppy, but the precision of certain cuts that your brain's telling you that you can still do these this this type of cut this way, but also your body is like you're not ready for it. You're not you're not in shape enough to do that yet. You can do it, but you're just not in shape. So if you move too hard one way and you try to shift your weight back, you might tear something. And that's what happened. Now I didn't see the plays, and you could probably you could really tell when someone tore their stuff. You're like, yeah, the way they planted, the way their weight shifted, and their that part of their body didn't go the same way when their weight shifted. They probably tore something, so you could tell. But um, yeah, man, prayers out to those guys. Um, it sucks getting injured. I know that feeling, you know. Um, but they're gonna bounce back ten times harder, and ten times stronger. You know, it's a weird thing getting injured, especially when the season just started. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's just it's just a weird thing, man. But um, yeah, Drew Locke got hurt, and I was just like, man, everybody's getting hurt. And I like and I like Drew Locke. I think he's gonna be a pretty good quarterback for the Broncos. And then the Broncos found their guy. Uh, and then Courtney, I think his name's Courtney Sutton. I think he got hurt too. He got, but he was hurt. He didn't play last week, and he and he, and he I don't think he finished second half for the Bronco game against the Steelers, which it, it sucks, you know. But let's talk about Justin Herbert, man. First of all, I was watching first take, and Max Kellerman was like, um, I didn't, there was no doubt in my mind that I didn't think the Chiefs were going to lose the game. And I was like, well, I did. 
as they were playing around. To me, you can't do that against because if they had a better defense, if they had Derwin James, they wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? They would probably would win the game, realistically. Because you could put Derwin James. Derwin James is like in that same category as he's not as good. Even though Jamal Adams was getting burnt yesterday, he he's not as good as Jamal Adams. Obviously, he's a bigger dude, but it's finesse. Jamal he, Derwin's probably bigger. He's bigger. He's probably a strong. He's probably stronger and heavy. Probably a harder hitter than Jamal. But Jamal coming down there flying and hits you too. But um, Jamal's more finesse and precision and probably. His, Probably has better coverage skills, even though he was getting burned by Edelman yesterday down the middle of the field. But he's strong safety. You don't play free safety. So, you see, you know. But safety safety nonetheless. But, um, yeah, they just got burnt out. They got tired too quick, man. And Mahomes wasn't hitting his passes and stuff like that. So, a lot of Aaron throws on his behalf. And everybody was like, well, if they... Um, my, my thing was, it's only a matter of time before guys get open. Like, you know, Coleman. I think his name's Hard. I don't. I think it's. I think it's Miko Hardman. I think that's his name. And then Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey's gonna get open because he's just a big body, right? And he's not better than George Kittle. It's just not. He's not better than George Kittle. Um, but he's not. He's not. You know what I'm saying? So he's gonna get open. But Tyreek Hill, he had like four catches, like a hundred yards. But my thing is like, but he got beat. Everybody got beat on that deep, that deep route. He got beat on that that bomb, and I'm just like, well, it was only a matter of time. Like, Pat Mahomes will throw the ball seventy yards, and Tyreek Hill can run a hundred yards in like nine seconds. You know, so like, it's only a matter of time before those guys get open and stuff like that. And it proves my point to the people I've said that Tyreek Hill is not that. To me, he's not. A, he's not that good of a receiver. You know. He's just fast. You know what I'm saying? He's just fast. And can't run a route. He's sure hand. He can catch the ball and stuff. But if you were, if you run in a straight line, he's going to beat you every time. So, and somebody was like, if, if Pat Mahomes is going to get in a Hall of Fame, then Tyreek Hill should. And I'm like, Tyreek Hill is not even a top 10 receiver right now. I'm not putting him in the top 10 category. I could, you know, I have to probably look at a list of receivers to, you know, pick. But I think it, I look at the whole pack. It's not because you, you're fast and you can catch the ball. All these guys are world-class athletes, and they can catch the ball, and they're fast. Granted, you're Olympic fast if you train for it. You're an Olympian if you train for it, but that doesn't mean anything. He ain't better than Julio. He ain't better than OBJ. He ain't better than DeAndre Hopkins. He ain't better than Michael Thomas. He ain't better than Amari Cooper. That's five already. You know what I'm saying? He almost he, he ain't better than DK. He really ain't better than DK. And I like DK Metcalf a lot. And I like Tyreek Hill. Don't get it twisted, but he's not better than he's not Tyreek Hill's not better than DK Metcalf. I refuse to believe it. And DK's getting better running his routes and he's just getting good. But enough about the NFL. Just we'll move on to NBA, man. You know. The Lakers, man. The Lakers cold. Anthony Davis is cold, man. He's a cold brother, man. He hit the game winner. I had a feeling he I thought I thought he was gonna miss. I really thought he was going to miss because the way the game was just going, the back and forth, the momentum, and Jokic is a bad dude too. Um, the Jokic is a bad dude, but I think AD, I think AD showed everybody, you know, he's he's about it. You know, he's really he he showed everybody I'm a top five player. I'm better than Giannis. He I, he's better than Giannis. Period. This is period. 
Um, not as athletic as Giannis, but but he's better than Giannis. But um, and I don't even know about that. Because Giannis can't give me 60 or 50. He, he can. He can't. He can't because he can't shoot. AD can go give me 50 or 60. If, if he's feeling it, he's he, he begin 30 is easy. He begin 40s and stuff easy too. If he's feeling it, he's getting 40, period. If he's on fire, he's getting 50. I, won't, I don't know about 60, but he might get 60 just because he can shoot the ball. So, um... You know, Lakers are up to um, uh, LeBron, you know, kind of slowed down a little bit in the second half, but he was killing in the first half, you know. And I, he wanted, I think he just wanted to keep them afloat. And I, and I think LeBron knew he wanted to go through AD in the second half because AD, AD struggled in the, in the first half, and LeBron picked it up. And vice, and, it, and then the roles flipped. AD got hot, and then LeBron, you know, was like, Look, let me delegate and let me um, defer to AD. We're we going to play through AD. LeBron said that in the beginning of the year. We're going to play through Anthony Davis. And that's why Anthony Davis averaged more points than LeBron. Granted, it was only one more point, but every time LeBron has played with a superstar, they, no one's averaged more points than him, than LeBron. When, Ky, when, Kyrie, when Kyrie was playing with LeBron, Kyrie averaged like 21 or like 22. He didn't, he didn't average 26. Granted, this is LeBron's best teammate, top five player. And everybody said, Dwayne, Dwayne, and I'm like, no. Dwayne Wade is not better than... Dwayne Wade, I, I can't say. Dwayne Wade got three championships, but it's looking like Anthony Davis about to get one, and he could potentially get the finals MVP. So, I like D-Wade. D-Wade's top three shooting guard all time. That's real. Top 50 player all time. That's real. But as far as Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is generational. Uh, D. Way is not generational. That's just that's my opinion. Uh, they, those guys play Tuesday, and then the uh, the Celtics and the Heat play Wednesday. I got the Heat in six. I think everybody has the Heat in six because obviously the Heat is in six. What are they going, man? But what what they going to do with Paul George, man? What they gonna do with Paul George, man? What what they gonna do with Paul, man? People don't they don't like Paul George in L.A. in the, in the Clippers. Doc Rivers don't like him. He cheated on his daughter. Kawhi's like, you suck. You're a terrible two. You're a terrible two. It has to be a bounce back year. Paul George probably going most improved next year just because he's hearing everybody just slander him. It's either that or he's just gonna be a. Um, I got him and Giannis tied for like the worst superstars that I've seen. Like Giannis has no moves. He has no game. You take away the lane, you take away a direct lane to the basket, and if somebody matches him, his physicality, because he's going to get physical because he has to score. If somebody matches that night in and night out, Giannis is just a regular player. Now Giannis, because he can't shoot, and the Bucks are weak. When he play, when he had, when he plays a dog like Jimmy Butler and the in the Heat, you seen what happened? He played playing a whole bunch of cupcakes. You play in the East. You got, now when you got to go play the top people in the East, they don't win. That's real. But the Heat were two to one before they played them in the playoffs. That's that. That's a statistic. You know what I'm saying? That's facts. So I think, um, but Paul George, man, Paul George, I t- every time he gets into the playoffs, man, he folds. He chokes. He chokes. And I think... My dog barking. I think it's the expectation of Paul... I think it's the expectation we put on Paul from 
Indiana days, because no one really knew who Paul George was. But then he burst on the scene from the Indiana days, and then he got hurt. He ain't really been the same since he got hurt. I think he contemplated a lot. I think he really was trying. To, I think he wanted to retire because the injury was probably too much for him to come back from. But then he still played. He played. He's still he's still a phenomenal player. He's still a heck of a player. But man, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him because I got. I told my dad I was like he'll have two good. Play- I tell him every series they played in this year, we're gonna play in two series. But he's always had. Two good games, and then the rest, he's always been mediocre. Always been mediocre. You know what I'm saying? And that's why they didn't win. Because Kawhi was like, I'm burned, I'm tired, and everybody else can't carry the team. So we're going to put it on you. And you can score at will. This wasn't as aggressive. You know, you got to look for, you got you to take it to the basket. You know, you got, you got, you can't play outside in. When when your shot's not going in, you can't, you always, always got to start the game playing defense, defensive energy. Then you gotta look for the layups. Then you gotta look for the mid-range game. Paul George is a smooth player, but the problem is he likes to shoot the ball a lot, a lot. And I wonder why Paul George wasn't an All-Star this year, just because the Clippers were a pretty good team. And I realize now I see it. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way Paul George should have been an All-Star this year. It, it, but I don't think he was. But it, even if he got the bid, I wouldn't. I'd be like, I don't know, because Brad Bill, that boy in Washington, says something different. And Chris Milton should never got the All-Star bid, but. What do I know? LeBron should have won MVP this year. They have to change the MVP award to... Um, they have to change the award from a regular season one to a, the end of the year award. Because typically the people that win MVP are in the playoffs. And typically the people that, you know, people that are... Because you don't know. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. Um, so that's so it's just like... It should all coincide. It should all be like a collection, like a group thing. Like if you win, typically the person that, well, I'm not, well, I shouldn't say that. But the person that wins MVP typically goes to the finals. But in the last, ever since what, LeBron? No, ever since Steph Curry, that hasn't happened. Steph went to the finals. He lost. That's when he won MVP. The last time, there hasn't been an MVP in the finals. That has won the MVP. It hasn't been an MVP that has been in the finals. Russ didn't get in. James didn't get in. Giannis didn't get in. That's four years. You know what I'm saying? Those guys bringing at the playoffs. Well, Giannis got bounced out in the second round. Russ didn't. Um, Russ didn't make the playoffs, or he didn't. Win, or he got bounced out in the first round too. James went to the Eastern Conference Finals, but then he lost to Golden State. So. And I think James should have won last year, but they, you know, they're gonna give it to Giannis. And I said it sucks for him because he's probably not gonna win a ring in Milwaukee, and he'll get voters fatigue. They're probably not even gonna give him the ring next year, or the MVP next year. They're probably gonna give it if Luca had does does what he does this year. They're gonna give it to him or LeBron. One of the it's gonna be one of those two. Or my dark horse for MVP is Anthony Davis. That's really my dark horse. I love Anthony Davis. They're probably going to give, if anything, if he does what he did, if he does, if Andy Davis averages 28, 14, and like two or three, two and a half blocks, three blocks a game, he's in, in like four assists, he's winning MVP easily. It's not even close. He, he's doing what Giannis is doing for a, a seven-footer. Probably more blocks. They robbed him. They robbed him of the defensive player of the year. 
They used to be robbing cats, man. I feel like they gave the they gave the they give the wrong the the awards to the wrong people every year. Like as far as consistency goes, LeBron should probably win it every year because he's been the most consistent player. He's been the best player in the world. Period. This should be a best player award. Like in the they had they had, they had the Heisman and they had the Walter Camp. They had the Maxwell. Like I'm pretty sure one of them is like the best quarterback. But one of them is also the best player. Heisman is just who had the better statistic. Statistical season, but who, who, are, who have the most impact? Pretty much the MVP, but and they give it to him after the bowl games and after the conference games and stuff like that. Well, after the conference games, and p- typically the person that wins the high—not saying typically, but most of the time—the person that wins the Heisman is in the national championship. Is the best player on the best team, right? But the Heisman is just whoever the whoever the best season, statistical season. But there's also another award: who's the best player in college football. There's been a few times where in typically it lines up who's the best college, you know, the college the best player in college football wins the Heisman and vice versa. But I think when Lamar won, he didn't win the best player in college. It was somebody different. Quarter it was Deshaun Watson. I think he won the best player in college football. I'm not sure though. But um I think or it was something close. Somebody had that the Heisman, but they didn't win the best player in football, the best player in college football. But um, I think it was Kyler. Kyler won it, and then Tua won it. Tua won the best player, and then Kyler won the Heisman. And then I was confused because I was like, aren't they like the same award? But whatever, right? Um, but I think, yeah. So Anthony Davis is my dark horse for MVP for next year. Um, yeah, so dark horse for MVP is Anthony Davis. But... I want to transition into um, reading. So I was into books and stuff like that. I'm really into books. I don't know if I've talked about it like that um, on the pod, but my favorite book is The Alchemist. I love that book a lot. Um, people that don't know about the book, I'm not going to spoil the book. It's about finding your personal legend. Pretty much about finding out who you are as a person. And the person in the book, his name is Santiago, he goes through a lot of trials and tribulations to find out his personal legend and to fulfill his dream and stuff like that. And you know, I'm not going to say if he does or not. You have to read the book. It's really good. Short read, but it's really good. Very um, telling and very enlightening about oneself. So I recommend that book. Um, but yeah, I just think... Because a lot of people are like, man, well, school doesn't teach us a lot. And, you know, school doesn't teach us. And I, like I said in the last podcast, school is just to teach. School is a tool to get, to get you to where you need to go for your career. You know, school is like jumper cables for your career. Um, you need school, you know, school, you know, you're the battery, school is just the uh, the cables, and, you know, the amount of energy you put into the cables will help a car start, and the car is your career, so you need, terrible analogy, I know, it wasn't really thought out on the fly, that's how I do things, but um, point being, you get out what you put into it, and you take you take the good with the bad, and you know it's a, it's just a tool at the end of the day. You don't really just a tool. If you if you understand that it's a tool, then you'll understand it, right? You understand how to use school, how to navigate school, and what school's really purpose is for, you know. But um, but if you feel like school is not teaching you something, teach yourself. Self education is very important, and a lot of this world, the most uncommon thing is common sense in this world. So if you feel like school's not teaching you anything then pick up a book. I recommend picking up a book. 
doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be something like seven laws of success or book like books like that it could be a self-help book it can be a um a spiritual book it can be a book educational book anything a book you know entertainment purposes you know what i'm saying it could be anything you know books are very enlightening and um books help out a lot and i feel like people are starting to get away from the reading the reading aspect of books which sucks because you know i feel like if you read out loud me and my barber were talking about this shout out to my man e what's going on um i feel like you know the more you read the more out loud it's comp you can comprehend you know what i'm saying work on your comprehension skills and you work on your uh, oratory skills in your, in your rhetoric or rhetoric skills, you know, just your speaking skills, you know, and um, if you work on those particular skills that will help you out in just life, in the workforce, whatever it is you're trying to do, whether you're trying to get a blue collar job or a white collar job, it's going to help you out regardless, you know what I'm saying, and, but books are very essential, books are vital, man, I love books, um, I, I fell in love with books because my dad's, my dad would read a lot, and, you know, I play the video game a lot. <laughs> um, I still do. Um, I'm trying to find the right balance of balancing the video game and reading. Because I know that I get, I'm getting older and I don't have enough time for the video game and stuff. But you can always find time for reading because there's time at lunch, when you're at work. There's time when you just leisure time. Killing trying to just kill some time, read a book. You know, and time goes by fast when you're reading. Um... And, you know, you don't got to read long, you know, hour a day, 30 minutes, 30, 30, 45, maybe even an hour a day, you know, pick up a book and just read it, you know what I'm saying? And you would get done. And the thing is, you would get, you would read a book, you would finish books a lot quicker if you read an hour a day, 30 minutes a day, depending on how fast you can read and stuff like that, and fast, how you fast you can comprehend certain type of text and stuff like that. Um, but I think reading is just very important, man. Also, un un untaps another part of your brain as far as creativity and critical thinking, I think, so as well. It sounds like I'm a spokesman for books, but everybody should be a spokesman or spokeswoman for books. Books are very important. Um, like I said, if my kids ever said, school's not teaching us anything, well, pick up a book. Pick up a book. Because you, you'll either learn something about yourself or you'll learn something about the world. It's typically in a book. <laughs> you know, it's typically, if you want to learn something about yourself, read a book. You want, you want to learn something about the world, read a book, you know what I'm saying, very important to read a book, books are, like I said, I keep saying they're vital, man, um, yeah, but I, I love books, I'm, the book I'm reading right now, uh, Tupac read the book, it's called, um, it's called The Prince by Niccolo Machiavelli, now, if you don't know who Niccolo Machiavelli is, I think he was a traveler and a philosopher, and he had faked his death. He's, he's, he's most known for uh, faking his death. He 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 faked his death. He came back for um, about I think it was twenty years. It was twenty years, yeah. And um, yeah, and that's why everybody thought Tupac was uh, gonna come back from the dead. Tupac's dead. <laughs> Tupac's dead. If he would have came back from the dead, it had been twenty sixteen. It's been twenty years since he had passed. Nineteen ninety six when he had passed away. He would have came back in 2016, but he didn't, right? No one's seen Tupac. But um, 
so yeah man i just think um yeah books are very vital that's the book i'm reading right now that book is really dense it's a short read about 82 pages but it's a lot to dissect and to take in you know i, I read i was reading for 30 minutes a couple days ago and i got through 10 pages that's how dense that book is and that's not a book i have to read one time I have to read that book multiple times, probably two, three times to fully comprehend what it, that book's telling me about myself or the world. The same with The Art of War. I read The Art of War twice, and I still apply the knowledge that I've gained from The Art of War into how I move in this world, how I interact with people, how I speak with people, how I respect people, and just there's just certain tactics. You know, The Art of War, you know, has the war in the title, but it doesn't necessarily mean you read the back of the book. Sun Tzu said it could be just how your business life, white collar, how you play sports, and the whole the whole nine. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have, go to war with somebody to be the art of war. It just means how to navigate life and just strategies and how to, you know, deal with people and deal with yourself and deal with the world we live in, the society that we live in. Because most of the time, the world, society, and people are BSers and. That book will help you out. So I recommend that book. I recommend The Alchemist. I recommend any book. Because any, like I said, books tell you about yourself or the world. Whether it's be entertainment or educational. They'll tell you something. They'll tell you a little something about yourself and the world. Um, but you got to think about it. But that's what I'm saying. Like now, see, it all wraps up together because it unlocks another part of your brain as far as creativity. And... Um, critical thinking and also it just clears your mind you know book reading a book is like meditating you know because you're not focused on nothing else but the book and if you focus on anything else you're not going to focus on the book you're not going to understand the book you're going to lose your place in the book or the page that you're reading reading is like meditation reading is like meditation it's like meditating i need to actually i need to meditate because that helps me clear my mind my mind i'm always racing my mind's always racing. I got a thousand ideas, a, a thousand problems, a thousand solutions to certain things in this world, in my life, and in this society, you know. But that's why I have a podcast. And also, that's why I like to read because it just clears my mind and I can focus on something else besides my subconscious telling me to do this, do that, and the third, you know. And um, I think that's very important. That, But as my people books are not pushed upon us which they should be um we if we know that school is bs and we know that school schools are a problem the school system is a problem you know the prison the pipeline i know that's a real thing if we know that but but this let's continue to push education upon ourselves and on our children and on our cousins and adolescents and the whole nine let's just let's just push that on one another Excuse me. I think it'd be very helpful for everybody to understand what's going on in the world, what's going on with themselves. And, you know, it could be any book. It could be a, a philosophical book. It can be anything, man. You know, just pick up a book hour a day. I'm not because you have you have what? Say you sleep for 18 hours. I mean, you're what are you a bear. Um, let's say hibernating. What? Um, let's say you sleep for eight hours a day. You recommend it. Eight hours a day, but no one really gets a recommended amount of sleep every day. But let's just say you re- you sleep for eight hours a day, and um, you know, wake up early in the morning, eat breakfast, drink coffee, do what you got to do, and just read for an hour. Cause guess what? 
you still have enough time to get ready if you gotta go to work. And you could and there could be you could break it up as far as like durations throughout the day. It doesn't have to be an hour. You just sit here, I'm gonna read this book for an hour. It could be fifteen here, fifteen there. Um it could be fit it could just be, you know, intervals of uh intervals of four for fifteen minutes. It don't it don't gotta be long. Even if you have an hour, lunch break, read for that hour. Eat and read, uh thirty minutes. Read for the th- eat, eat and read for the thirty minutes, you know? It doesn't necessarily have to be all at once, you know. It's time management, you know, intervals of four, 15 minutes, and you're good. And guess what? Your hours are done. And then you can focus on work, whatever the case may be. But it, I feel like it will clear your mind and cleanse you. It will cleanse your mind. And, um, yeah, man. So, books, 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 books. Let's get a round of applause for books. Let's just get a round of applause because books are very important. You know, people go like, you sound like a nerd, but it's real. I like reading books. I like books more than being on my phone. If I was, if, but I'm so attached and glued to my phone. I wish I was attached and glued to the books the way I'm attached and glued to my phone. But anyways... Uh, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about, which is some pretty sick stuff, um, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of the thing called, um, the show's called Cheers. It's on Netflix. I have never seen it because I don't like watching girls cheerlead. I don't like watching little kids cheerlead. And, uh, um, this is sick. So I see, I've been, so it's been flowing all over Twitter and I decided to do some research. I'm going to read you guys this article by... From the Chicago Tribune, um, it says, and I quote from the headline, Jerry Harris, star of Netflix show, cheer to remain in custody in child pornography case. What? You know what I'm saying? Like that, to me, is creepy. Um, what? But let's keep reading. I'm probably not going to read the full thing. Well, depending on how long it is. I probably should. Might as well. We're already here, you know. We already started the snowball. We got we got to turn into an avalanche, you know what I'm saying? But um, since Netflix star Jerry Harris will remain in federal custody for the time being on child pornography charges, alleging he coerced minors to send him nude photos and videos and solicited sex from boys as young as 13, and at cheerleading competitions. So wait, pause it there. You mean to tell me that this kid, this guy, 21 years old. Since it's age in the next paragraph, but he coerced youngins, adolescents, you know, to as young as 13. So the minimum cutoff is 13. Now, we don't know. It could be younger, 12, 11. Prima, it could be, you know, preteens or adolescents to, for, you know, for nude, for just that type of stuff, you know, that's, that's, to me, it sounds like some incel behavior, you know, and it's creepy that you want to prey on the young, you, wanna, you know, it's just weird to me, you know, I don't like that at all, he should stay in jail, but he stayed, no, no bail, none of that, Harris, 21, who rocketed the fame earlier this year's, earlier this year as the breakout star of the Netflix docuseries Cheer, was charged in a criminal complaint last week with one count of production of child pornography, which carries a minimum of 15 years in prison upon conviction. So if he gets convicted, minimum is 15. This should get this man 85 times 5. I don't know what that is. 
You know, judges be giving that type of stuff. He, they, be, they be doing that type of stuff. They be like, and I sentence here, I sentence you here to 158 years. No, with no possibility of parole. Just say for life. Don't give me 158 years, you know. If I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm going to laugh. Like, you think it's funny? I'll double that. You double it, I'm dead. It doesn't matter. No one can pick up my dead. I could die in prison right now. You just, you wasted your breath. You know, like, you wasted your breath saying all that. Like, I could die in prison right, like, the next day. And you're talking about some 158 years. Just say for life with no possibility of parole. And we could keep, we, and we keep pushing. I know how long life is. You know, he'll probably have parole or something. But he's a, she's a child, not my mom's a molester, but he coercing children to give him nudes and stuff. But like, why would the children be like, I know coerce means like kind of forced, force, force yourself upon, but like, I'm going to tell your parents that you did anyway. You're the one that's the sicko. You're the one that's the creep. How is it my fault? You know what I'm saying? Like, how is it my fault? It can't be my fault. This is your fault. You, you made me this way. You, you put, you, you did this. Anyway, in the next, um, next, uh, where am I at, where am I at? Oh, here we are. Prosecutors have said they want him held without bond pending trial because he is a danger to the community and is accused of crimes of violence against children. Harris's lawyer, Todd Pugh, or Pogue, said he intends to argue for his release in part because Harris has asthma and uses an inhaler and is at increased risk of contracting COVID-19 behind bars. You were, you were at risk from contracting, contracting COVID the whole time. Like the whole time, when you before you got charged, you were at risk from contracting COVID. We're in September. COVID just happened earlier this year. I'm pretty sure that they, they everything was pre-recording, but you were at risk of contracting COVID this whole nine months. You know what I'm saying? You were at risk. Don't give me that BS. But in a brief hearing Monday, Pogue told U.S. Magistrate Judge Sunil Hajarian. Harjani, I'm sorry if I butchered that. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry I butchered that. I butchered that. That they were dropping the bond request for the time being because they were still searching for suitable um, residents and a third-party custodian for Harris should he be released. Custodian. Oh, cust yeah, custodian. Custody. For Harris, should he be released? Okay. Harjani ordered Harris to remain in custody pending any renewed request for detention hearing. Harris, who participated by telephone from Metropolitan Correctional Center, spoke only briefly uh, during the five-minute hearing, telling the judge in a tired, scratchy voice, Yes, I can hear you. Hello, good morning. Harris, <laughs> why is that important until this article? Harris has been held for the past four days at... MCC in downtown Chicago, a facility that was put on lockdown for months to try to curtail the spread of coronavirus among inmates and staff. Seven inmates at the Loop Jail have tested positive for the disease, while 126 others have since recovered from it, according to the U.S. Bureau of Prisons. There has been no COVID-19 related deaths reported at, at the MCC. Harris was shortly arrested after 11 a.m. Thursday, three days after the FBI raided his home in upscale Na uh, Naperville neighborhood in the um, 2600 block Evercrest Court. I don't know where that's at. U.S. Today was the first to report on the raid in the criminal investigation. 
it still goes on. And we're keep, we're going to keep reading. The criminal charges appear to be related to a lawsuit filed in Texas last week by two teenagers who accused Harris of sexual harassment, exploitation, manipulation, intimidation, and sexual abuse. Harris denied those uh, allegations through a spokesperson. Of course you deny him, right? You, there's no reason why you wouldn't deny him because there's no reason why you wouldn't deny it. You know what I'm saying? You would deny it, dude. You're sick. If if this is true, because you wouldn't be arrested. Here's the thing. People are mistaken identity all the time. I get that. Totally fine. But for something like this, you would not be in jail for it. You know, like no one's sitting up here lying. And it's a bold claim. Now there's the Me Too movement has, you know, had some stain, has had that scarlet letter, you know, on their chest because they have accused the wrong people. You know, because the birds of a feather flock together, but that's not necessarily the case all the time because people are their own individuals and stuff like that. But the problem with this is no one's going to come up here and lie about my child would not lie to me or anybody wouldn't lie to you about being touched or coerced. Um, it says sexual harassment, exploitation, manipulation, intimidation, and sexual abuse. You know, no one's going to lie about none of that, you know. No, they're kids. They don't know. They know. It happened to them. Why would they lie? And if it didn't happen, guess what? I wouldn't be reading this article and the podcast would have been done 15 minutes ago. But it happened. And here we are reading about it. So you can't deny it. If anything, if this happened, I would. it, it probably did. I would admit it like, yeah, I was in the wrong. I'm a creep. <laughs> I'm a creep. Like, I'm creepy, you know? Just admit it. Admit your faults. If you can't do the time, don't, you know, don't do the crime. Period. <sighs> okay. According to the criminal complaint, Harris first con uh, contacted one male victim on Snapchat in December of 2018, so it's been two years, um, a year and a half, or a year, and some change, and over the next 15 months repeatedly enticed him to produce sexual explicit videos and photographs of himself and sent to Harris. The boy informed Harris during the initial online encounter that he was 13 years old. The complaint stated, so the kid told you, hey, bro, I'm 13. Leave me alone. You kept saying, come on, just, you, it's my creepy voice. Come on, just send it. Come on, kid. Just send it. Come on, kid. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Leave him alone. Leave him alone, man. Leave this little kid alone. You can't, bro, you're 21. You can't get nobody that's 21. Come on, bro. Leave, 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 leave the kid alone. Leave the little boy alone. We don't want you to, I don't, you know, why, why you want to see little boy butts? Why, why you want to see little boy butts? Leave, leave the kid alone. Leave the kid alone. Period. This is just... This guy's sick, man. He should be in jail. He probably gonna mess around and die in jail, realistically. It's probably going to kill him. He's probably going to ask for you know, uh, protection and all that stuff. The victim's parents discovered some... Anyways, um, next article. I mean, next, not next article. Next paragraph, rather. The victim's parents discovered some of the images on the boy's cell phone and confronted him... And he has said that uh, Harris had also solicited oral sex from him in the bathroom at the cheerleading event that they both attended according to the charges. What? What? We got to... Hold up. Uh, oops. We... What? Hold up. What? You ass this little boy? What? What you? What? 
I hope he didn't do it. Probably didn't. But I feel like I know soliciting is like asking the person, you know, like you know, it's like prostitution. Like you're asking them for a favor, they'll do it, whatever the case may be. Somewhat prostitution. But I feel like soliciting is like could be also in the same category as blackmail. Like if you don't do this, I'm gonna, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna show your parents that you were sending me photos and blah 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 blah. They won't, you know, they're not gonna believe you because you're a child and I'm the adult. This is sick though, man. Um, the boy told his parents Harris had also sought a second in-person sexual encounter at a different competition, according to the complaint. The parents then called law enforcement. Had to. That was the next step. Harris admitted in an interview with the FBI last week that he had solicited lewd images and sex from the boy on numerous occasions, according to the complaint. The complaint stated Harris had also admitted to soliciting receiving child pornography on Snapchat at least between 10 to 15 other individuals he knew were minors. So he admitted to it. He's still a creepy guy. So what what are we doing? Why is he he so he denied the allegations, but then he said, "I did it," and I knew these these kids were uh, minors and weren't of age of consent or anything like that. He they, he knew that, but and he said, "I deny all allegations." Walking contradiction, but it won't admit yours. Everybody's a walking contradiction, but the difference between. The good people and the bad people, decent people, is do you admit it? Now, I'm a walking contradiction, but I'll admit when I'm wrong, period. I'll admit when I said one thing, and but I meant the other thing. I said one thing, and I did something totally different. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. I'm, I'm a walking contradiction, like I said, but I'll admit it. I'll be the first to tell you I'm not perfect by any stretch of the, by any stretch of the imagination. So I am a walking hip. I'm going to say this again. The difference between... The decent people, good people, bad people, and bad people is you're walking. You you're walking. We're all walking contradictions, but the different. But the thing that separates us is: do you admit it? I admit mine. Do you admit yours? Who? Question marks. And then you hear the uh, the the CSI, the CSI Miami theme song. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that one. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, the U.S. Attorney's Office said its its investigation is ongoing and, <laughs> and other potential victims were encouraged to contact the FBI Chicago Fieldhouse. Born in Hillsdale and raised in Boilingbrook, Harris rose to fame on the Emmy-winning cheer, which premiered in January. The docuseries followed the competitive cheerleading squad of Navarro College in Texas. Harris graduated in 2017 from one boss... Wombonzi Valley High School in Aurora, where he was a standout student and studied at Navarro. Viewers and celebrities took note of the way he was enthusiastically motivated his fellow uh, cheerleaders while they performed stunts known as Matt Talking. He also he worked the Oscars red carpet in February as a correspondent for Ellen DeGeneres' talk show. Makes sense. Um, he shared a stage with Oprah Winfrey, appeared in a sketch in the late uh, late show with Stephen Colbert. And recently got a surprise virtual visit from actress Gabrielle Union, who shot him with praise. I wish, and that's the end of the article. Um, I wish that, I know they would want to take that back. Of course he worked with Ellen, because Ellen came out and her staff were a whole bunch of creeps. And of course he worked with Ellen, and then Gabrielle Union didn't, didn't know that he was a creep. And... Now we know he's a creep. And guess what ethnicity he is, my people? He is a black person. He is a black male. Hey. 
Why? You know, why? Huh. What can you do? Throw him away. Throw him. Throw, just throw him in the garbage. The garbage. The gu that's my French word. That's my French way of saying garbage. I know garbage. I know garbage isn't said in that like that in, in French. But that's my way of saying it is garbage. Throw him in the garbage. You know what I'm saying? Just throw him. Throw the whole dude away. You know? He should not be allowed. He'll be. I want, he, I want him to be, have redemption. But I want him to admit that he was wrong. Like I said, he said that. He denied all allegations with a spokesperson, but then he admitted to the FBI, I had 10 to 15 people I knew were minors, still did it anyway. Eh, no. It's illegal. No age of consent. You know they were minors and you still did that? You should be thrown in jail. You should not be able to get out. You understand what I'm saying? You should not be able to get out. And he won't be able to get out. I hope he don't get out. He'll probably get out, you know. They'll probably give him. They'll probably probably give him twenty years eligibility to parole at like what thirteen, maybe thirteen years. Um, but he should not be. No, he should not be let off the hook. He should be in jail. This man is a menace to society, and he's a creeper. Probably still a virgin as well. Creep. Hey, you're a creep. Creep. Um, but. That's all I have for you guys. Good episode. Keep spreading positive energy. Keep spreading love throughout the world. And like always, I am your host. Like every other time, the voice of Washington, the boy Slim Diaz York. And um, I'm never ignorant. Getting goals accomplished. If you don't know the acronym, spell it out. If you know it, spell it. That's the type of one I am. But like I said, Voice of Washington, your boy Slim Diaz York. I'm out. Um, next week, coming out with a new episode. So stay tuned. I'll see y'all later. I'm out. Peace.